I'm Mary Ellen Peden. I'm Tara Houston. You're listening to The Iris Podcast. We've lived in Middle Tennessee for a combined 57 years, and we want to talk about how local government works. With 700,000 people living in Davidson County, our voter turnout is low. Only 40% of registered voters actively participate in local elections, with turnout less than 10% in many cases. We are currently collecting interviews from residents and locally elected officials about what's working and what we need to improve. We want to share with you an interview we recently had with Vice Mayor Jim Schulman about his time serving on Metro Council as representative of District 25 as an at-large council member and now as Vice Mayor. We dive into council and committee structures, how they work, how they interact with the mayor's office, and some things you would like to see improve. If you enjoy this interview, please like and subscribe to the Iris Podcast on whatever platform you use. Early voting has opened in Davidson County for the Office of Mayor, Vice Mayor, 35 Metro Council District seats, and 5 at-large Metro Council members. Election Day is August 1st. Do you know who you're voting for? Give us feedback at www.theiriscast.com. Most people don't know that they're, what their local government can do. And so when you engage people in conversation, all of a sudden they become a little bit more interested. And they don't know when, it, when the council meets. They don't know they can come to the meetings. Um, and so what we do is re, we reach out and invite them to come down and be a part of understanding how their local government works and what their local government can do for them. So this is not your first elected office. Can you talk about how you got into politics and how you got here? So I've had a um, career in government, uh, particularly around policy. And I think when I was uh, growing up in East Tennessee, I always thought I might run for office. And then I came down here and thought, no, I'm, I'm watching how this works. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm interested in that. But at some point, I think you get... Um, you just get to the point where you think that maybe if you had a chance to actually push a button, you know, yes or no, that maybe you could make a difference. And that's why I ran. Now, then you get into office and then you start pushing those buttons and you go, I'm not making a difference this way either. Mm. Um, and then you get frustrated and you try to figure out how to do it. I never thought I would run for vice mayor. Uh, it, it, it only votes in case of a tie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. Uh, the position doesn't propose legislation. I began to think that, well, maybe even without that, maybe you can use that position to um, uh, make the council work more effectively, and actually better inform both voters and non-voters about what's going on in local government. And that's how I kind of got to where I am right now. So primarily, what is what is your role then? So the role of the vice mayor is kind of the. Um, it directs the council. Um, so again, I don't vote unless there's a tie. I don't propose legislation. But um, my job is to run the council meetings. Okay. And um, um, so the most visible part of the vice mayor is when you watch the council on the right. first and third Tuesdays of the month. The, the, um, the real job is kind of behind the scenes. You know, it's making sure that the council office runs effectively. It's dealing with issues that maybe council members are having. It's um, trying to make sure that everything is ready for those Tuesday nights. 
Uh, we have very good staff that you know puts together the agenda, you know, and the analysis. But it's it's going through those little issues that keep popping up about okay, how do we do this? When do we make certain announcements? Um, you know, are there presentations coming? There's an issue there, or you know, how do you deal with it? Um, you know, we've got zoning matters that are coming up. You're going to have a big crowd. Uh, the metro teachers are obviously kind of speaking very loudly to us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically trying to coordinate and make sure that the council has what, what it needs on um, those meeting nights so that they can effectively do their job. So besides just running it, it's trying to make sure that you get all the information you can to the council members and you feel like they've got the information they need to make good, sound decisions. So you're doing a lot of communicating, you're doing a lot of listening, and you're doing a lot of connecting people together. That's it. We also, the, the vice mayor also picks the committee chairs and the committees. Really? Right. Um, so so most that of that was like? already done this time because uh-huh. I came in towards the end of the term. Right. So if I come back, I'll get to do that next time. And that is important because mm-hmm. you, want, you want good people on the committees that understand kind of those issues that are coming through so they can make good decisions in the committees. Right. Um, and that's one of the things that I think we need to look at next time. Our committee structure is, um, uh, I would say, weaker than it should be. Okay. Uh, in the sense that uh, most of the committees meet just prior to the council meeting on Tuesday night. Okay. So we have like eight co- committee meetings that are going on from 4.30 until 6.30. Everybody's kind of rushing through. Mm-hmm. I really want to give the committees more power or more time which gives them more power to actually kind of dig into issues instead of rushing because um, a lot of the work could be done in the committee structure. But that's something I think we strive for next time is try to, how do we make the whole process work more efficiently and more effectively so when bills get to the floor of the council, everybody has a good sense of what they are and we don't have to spend so much time trying to figure it out or analyze them while they're on the floor. Okay with me to ask questions sure. uh, on the floor, that's fine. Right. But you want a lot of the work to have been done in the committees before the bill even gets to the floor. Right. What is an example of a committee? Like what? Yeah, explain yeah. committee structure a little All right. bit. So I, th- I think there's, um, there's more than 10 standing committees. I think there are maybe 13 now. Okay. Um, the main committee that most people focus on is the budget committee. Mm-hmm. They meet on Mondays at 4 o'clock. They're the committee that looks at the major pieces of legislation that cost money. They're the ones that are handling the budget review right now. So they'll meet at 4 o'clock. They'll have a series of contract resolutions they have to approve, a a lot of um, administrative stuff. So if people are watching the council, they're going like, boy, they're moving through the calendar fairly quickly. Those are just kind of contracts that just have to be approved by the legislative body in the city. Um, So those go by fairly quickly. But the budget committee also gets some of the more difficult things. Um, so um, I think they'll be handling the parking issue that's okay. coming up. Uh, at the same time, they're looking at the budget. Uh, at the same time, they may be looking at um, sales of property that are bringing money into the city. Mm-hmm. Um, any type of major financial decisions that are being asked of us to do are going to go through that budget committee. They meet on Mondays at 4 o'clock, and they'll meet sometimes for several hours mm-hmm. because they are really having to dig in and try to figure out what's going on with those measures. Then you have a, a, a other committees that meet on Tuesday and are scheduled to meet for 15 minutes because there's other committees scheduled right behind them, 
And so they're having to kind of really quickly go through some legislation. And they always have the ability to defer. I think what I'm looking for is how do we make it all work so um, people can know when the committees are meeting. They can actually come to the committees. If you want to talk about a bill and you're a citizen, you need to get in touch with the chairman of the committee and just ask permission. But you do it at the committee level. You don't do it on the full floor. You do it, it's better to do right. it at the committee level where you have a chance to actually kind of talk. It's a little bit more informal. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we have a committee structure, it's a little bit more informal. But if people really want to engage on a particular issue, they ought to go to the committee, talk to the chair, say, I want to be heard, if that's okay, and then really have a chance to talk about something they're interested in. What's good. the selections process for getting, you said the vice mayor appoints the committees. Right. How does that work? So, um, so I, I really have not had to do that very much since right. the, in the eight months I've been there. But I, I think if I come back as vice mayor, what I would do is sit down with each council member or talk to them on the phone and ask them to tell me what they're really interested in. Now, most of the council members, the ones who will be coming back, I, I kind of already know and I know what they're interested in. Uh, the new ones, you just kind of check in and say, okay, here's, here's our committees. What, do you, what are you really interested in talking about? What's your background? What are you really focused in on? And then what you do is you, um, you know, assign them to three or four committees you try to give them the committees that they would be interested in serving. So you really are trying to, it's kind of a combination. I'm looking to fill the committees. I'm looking for the council members to tell me what they're interested in. And then you're trying to balance it out. So you're trying to put people on there where they actually, you know, they want to be on there and they can do a really effective job of kind of digging into issues. And that's when I go back to looking at the committee structure to figure out how do we give them more time to be able to function. Um, Right now, they really do not have the ability to hold a bill in a committee. So mm-hmm. if they really don't like a bill, you know, if they vote it down two to five or two to eight, it still comes to the full council floor, and then right. we can pass it there. So the question is, how do you really give them more power and really allow them to, to really focus in on it in the committee structure before it gets to the full floor? You know, for, for council junkies that come, sure, sure. They, they know this, right? They, and they watch this. What we want to do is, I think, if we're, going to, if we're going to change the format, before I would ever want to do that, I really want to go out and just, first of all, I probably want to bring in a group of people, not council members, but a group of people and say, look at our process and see if it really is as effective as it should. And then two, do people know, do people understand the process? And my guess is they don't. So again, you know, as vice mayor, I mean, when I campaigned last summer, I spent a tremendous amount of time going all over the city, just talking to people. First of all, they don't know we have a vice mayor. Right. So you have to explain that part. Right. And then they, they know we have a city council, and they typically know who their city council member is, but they don't really understand the whole process. Most people know that they can't do much about federal government policy, and they, you know, they feel like they're they're so far removed from Washington, they don't have much of a say. State legislatures, obviously a little closer, um, but a lot of times they don't know what's going on there either. Right. But their local issues, um, their council member lives somewhere within their area. They know where they live. They know who they are. And they know that if they've got a pothole or if there's a barking dog or if they want a sidewalk or if they're mad about an issue, they know exactly or they should know exactly who to call. 
And if they really want to engage, they should know how to get down to our committee structure and be a part of it. So first step would be contact your council person and then from there decide whether or not to pursue it further with the relevant committee. Right. But if they don't understand the process, they right. won't know. So the people that understand the process, so um, probably a good example of that right now are the teachers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they know, they know when the council meets, yeah. they know when the meetings are going to be held, and they show up in mass. Mm -hmm. They are making their presence known. Yes. And then they're sending us emails. Um, so they are doing, they're doing it really in a kind of an exceptional job because they have fi somebody figured out the process and they know where we are, they know who we are, and they come and talk to us. That's effective grassroots lobbying. They know that a, a strong show of support and a strong show of, of force, basically, behind an issue um, is going to get our attention. Um, so, again, even if it's something small, if it's a zoning matter or if it's a pothole or whatever, people people know that there's they have a much better chance of getting a change or something done at the local level because everybody is very close to them. For those of the people who know what, and there's not a lot of, you know, again, I wish more people would, would tune into the council and keep an eye on what we do because, you know, whether it's the budget, which is regards, you know, what are we going to do? It's their dollars that are paying for the city priorities. Right. What do they want to see it go to? Right. Um, but when we also deal with, um, you know, whether it's a development, whether it's a company coming in, whether it's some type of, um, you know, doing something with land outside of the downtown area, mm -hmm. um, if it's people outside of the downtown area that feel like they're not being heard, we want to figure out some way that people understand the process and feel like they can be heard. One of the things that I would like to see done, and we're trying to figure out how to do this, is um, what I would call a Metro Council 101, which is a program that you can take on the road. Um, we'd have to make it kind of interesting, interactive, and fun. Mm -hmm. And then you try to figure out groups that would be interested in coming to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And in you know, 30 minutes or an hour, you don't want to make it too long. Sure. But you basically explain the process. And you basically explain how do you find out what's coming up on the calendar. And if you want to have a say in it, you can either do it by email, you can certainly make mm -hmm. phone calls, or you can come down to the chamber and you can make your voices heard that way. You know, our council members have lots of community meetings. Right. But um, it's still hard to get the message out. Right. I know that people are going like, we just don't know what's going on, and we're, we, didn't get, we didn't know that this was happening. Um, we're trying to figure out better ways to get information out. We're working on that. What is the simplest way for someone to see what the council is up to? So you can go to the Nashville.gov website, and if you go to the Metro Council, and I think it says information on the, uh, you just click on that, it'll take you to the agenda. So um, we have a meeting next Tuesday night. The agenda gets posted, it got posted yesterday. So you can actually go to the website and you can actually just look at it, it's right there. That's great. And there's an analysis that will be done and then you can look at the analysis and it'll tell you what the bill is actually doing. Um, we also put it on the Nashville um, network Channel 3, yes, and yes. they run a scroll of all of the things on the agenda. The best way to do it is to go get a copy of the agenda. 
or look at it online and then look through it. But, you know, we have zoning matters that affect people. Um, you know, this, the budget this time around is, is we're talking about some major issues. Mm -hmm. And I think we really want to know what people think. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, we get a lot of emails. Yeah. And that's really, that is actually very, very helpful. It's, it's so much easier if we have a chance to, um, particularly like on a budget issue, uh, to go out. And we've done some of this, and I know council members mm -hmm. are doing it. You go out and you talk to people and you go, this is what the issue is. What do you think? You know, are you, are you comfortable with this? Are you not comfortable with it? Why? Why not? Um, I think most people just want to know. They may not necessarily like the way you vote all the time, but if you if you will talk to people and listen to them, and if you have an answer as to why you're deciding which way to go on a vote, um, then I think in the end they respect that. Can you talk about how your role interacts with the mayor, and mm -hmm. can you kind of explain in simple terms what it means that we have a strong mayor form of government? The mayor has um, all the departments at his, you know, they, they work for the mayor. Um, and he has a fairly large staff of people that work for um, him. Uh, the council staff has, I think, about eight or nine people. And we have 40 members of the council, so we're already at a disadvantage with the staff. Uh, but that's always been the case. Um, because the mayor controls the purse strings in many ways, and, and gives us the budget that he wants to pass, then that puts him in a very strong um, position. Uh, again, because there's so much control and power built within the mayor's office. Mm -hmm. um, with 40 members of the council, um, we have 40 independent thinkers that are trying to figure out what to do. And um, you know, um, our, our duty, our responsibility, uh, is supposed to be a check and balance, like all our democratic forms of government. Correct. We are supposed to be a check and balance on the mayor. As for my relationship, part of my relationship with the mayor is to work with his office as much as I can and try to get them to give us information. And then I meet with the mayor at least once a month, um, and I usually go in there with a big long list of things that I want to know something about um, and go through it, and then I can pass the information back to the council. Um, whoever is elected mayor and is elect, whoever elected vice mayor um, really want to see that level of communication expand. Good communication uh, between the mayor's office, the departments, and the council allows for good government. It allows for, um, even if everybody doesn't agree, you've got the, all the information in front of you and then you make good sound decisions. I think, I mean, I've been on the council for, this is my 12th year. Um, I was district council member and took eight years off and then ran at large. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the city, as we all know. But um, the big stuff, you simply need the information to be able to make a good, rational decision. We have to know information way up front. Yeah. We have to be able to have hearings on these things. Um, I don't like rushing. I don't like the council members having to rush. And if my responsibility is to the council, then I have to um, try to force issues earlier to the table to get council members to 
uh, allow them to have the information they need. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to have to work on that. Uh, we just, I just don't feel like we're there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we change the committee structure, then we're all going to have to work together. Right. Because we're going to need the information a lot faster. Right. If you've ever watched me run these things, you'll see me sometimes, uh, like in a public hearing, I will try to explain to the audience in the back of the chamber and to the viewing audience what I'm doing. And I usually will repeat it so that people will go, okay, so I know what he's going to do and I know the process that this is going to happen. So that's for the purpose of people understanding. If they're going to come down and be a part of this, then I want them to know when they step up to the podium what they're supposed to do. You know, I think some people get nervous, maybe nervous enough just getting back there and saying stuff. I want them to feel comfortable. This is their legislative body. It's their council. They're a part of it. You know, I want them to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the outside, we have to do better ways of communicating so that people really do know what's going on. The Metro Council one-on-one, you, you've been talking about that for a little bit. Have you mm-hmm. made any headway with it? The um, initial headway has been more on trying to get the agenda information out okay. and trying to get the information together to the council members so they can spread out the information. Um, because this has been such a quick turnaround in terms of um, my, my election into the role, um, I figured that was going to be something. We had talked about doing it over the last four years. It just never really got implemented. Um, so I think when we start a brand new council, again, it depends on who comes back. But even if it's not me, I mean, these are ideas that are good for everybody. So I think what we would probably want to do at the beginning of the term is um, probably two things for the council members. First of all, you're going to have a bunch of new council members. So I think you have to have some type of you know, retreat. We, we don't go anywhere. We just go to a building someplace in Nashville. And you talk about, okay, now that you've gotten elected, what does that mean? You know, and how do you find out the information you need? How do you conduct yourself in the chamber? How do you conduct yourself at community meetings? Um, that type of stuff. How do, you, how do you treat each other? You know, civility is a big thing. We do not want people fighting in the chamber. Um, we don't really want them fighting outside either, but you know, we, we want them to be civil to each other. We are going to act like a civil body in that, in that chamber. Um, the second part of the retreat would be issues, which would be, okay, now that you're on the council, what is the budget? What is that? You know, what's the capital spending plan? How does the budget work? What does it mean? What are the fund levels? Uh, trying to get somebody to explain that. Development, overdevelopment. What's going on with the schools? Um, homelessness, um, you know, transit, affordable housing. One of the things that I think we would then do is go, okay, if we've got the council members ready, let's go out and, and teach people, neighborhood groups, any group that wants to, and put together a Metro Council one-on-one presentation. A lot of our presentations in the past have been in our you know, places where you would normally think they would have presentations, either downtown or, you know, just in the kind of the core. Mm-hmm. But um, Jolton, Goodlettsville, you know, um, Cane Ridge, which is down in southeast, is one of my favorite places. They have a great community center and a great active group. Um, you want to go to places which sometimes feel like they get ignored sometimes by the powers that be, and you want them to 
they need to be a part of this process as well. The people who know the process are pretty powerful because they know the process. What I want are basic citizens to know the process too. Gives them power too. Yes. Okay. We want that too. Yeah, that's, that's the whole point. You can come to the 101 meeting. Please. Oh, thank okay. you. I'd love to. I'm shifting this. Yeah, shift. Okay. Do I have permission? Shift away, yeah. <coughs> my, my prompt here is, who the heck is Jim Shulman? Talk <laughs> to us about your, like, who you are, where you came from, family, all the good stuff. So I'm originally from Johnson City, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Um, I went to um, public school in Johnson City. I'm one of seven kids. Uh, my parents are um, both from the north. My dad was born in Boston, and my mother was born in um, Brooklyn, but moved to Fall River, Massachusetts. So my parents moved to East Tennessee because of um, my mother's father's business. It was a corrugated box company that makes they make boxes. So I was born in Johnson City. Um, my mother was Jewish, father was Jewish, uh, but there were very few Jewish families in Upper East Tennessee, so we really didn't practice. Um, Love Johnson City, love growing up there. Um, I have four sisters and two other brothers, so it was a big family. Um, and just loved it. Um, decided uh, when I graduated high school that um, I would go to Vanderbilt, uh, which was a big change for me, both um, I guess socially, culturally. But after a year or so, kind of morphed into, I didn't join a fraternity, I just kind of got used to the, a different group of people, which probably in the end helped me because um, Johnson City, very low key, very easy going. Uh, Vanderbilt a little bit more structured and um, uh, different. Yeah. Um, but you learn to get along with everybody. Yeah. And um, so I stayed at Vanderbilt, went to law school at Vanderbilt, uh, came out, worked for a judge for a year, went into private practice for a year, but was foreclosing on people, which was not me. So I ended up going to work for um, Governor Ned McWhorter as general counsel of the Department of Finance. Uh, I worked for David Manning, who was the commissioner of finance. Did that for eight years, then went to work as chief of staff for then Speaker of the House Jimmy Nafee. Learned a tremendous amount from Speaker Nafee. Learned how to run meetings, um, how to pick committees, how to get stuff done. Uh, and, then did, uh, and then ran for council. And then decided that maybe, maybe having that vote, was, that's when I decided maybe having that vote was the key. Ran for city council and then got out of everything and um, opened up ice cream stores. Opened <laughs> up Maggie Moo ice cream stores. How did you stumble into that? I wanted to do some. I wanted to open a business and I, and I wanted to see if I could do it. Um, Speaker Nafee always used to say, it's important to know how to make a payroll. And my dad had been in business. And I thought, you know what, if I'm ever going to do something, I ought to try it. And um, stumbled across the Maggie Moo franchise on a website, pulled it up, and Maggie, the cow, was looking at me, blinking. And it's like, <laughs> you know, this is really kind of fun. So um, Maggie Moose was one of the, there are several chains that take your ice cream and match it, mix and match it up on an, a slab. So um, we had two Maggie Moo ice cream stores in Nashville. And uh, had a lot of fun. My kids grew up in there. Did that, and then ended up going back into state government. Did a lot of healthcare stuff, and then ended up as the executive director of the Tennessee Commission on Aging and Disability, which is where I am now. We take care of basically older Tennesseans all across the state. 
So you're still there, I am still even there. working in this role. Yes. How does that work? Well, so try to be very careful because it's yeah. two different things going on at the same time. Right. Um, it, what's interesting is sometimes they overlap because sometimes mm-hmm. you'll have a senior that needs help that's calling Metro, and so the call will end up with us, mm-hmm. which means that we'll help them that way. And there's some things that happen at the state level that can be helpful with the Metro side. But um, that's dealing with constituents. You have to be very careful about your time, very careful about separation of conflicts, that type of thing. Um, but again, as vice mayor, I don't vote anymore unless it's a tie. Um, and I don't sponsor legislation, so I'm running the meetings. Um, so the vice mayor's role is part-time. It's not, it seems like it's full-time. I bet. But it's part-time, so I have to work outside. And so do council, most council members have jobs. Right. You know, they work during the day, and then they have to do their stuff at night. And they were all, all run into this because it's really, um, particularly district council members, it's like a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're working during the day, but, you know, so is the Department of Public Works, and so is, you know, General Services, and so is the Parks Department, and um, the schools. So um, you have to somehow figure out kind of a fair balance in how you get everything done. Um, I respect district council members. It's hard. Um, at large... Hard to hard to get on there because you have to run citywide, um, but you're dealing with some pretty big citywide issues. Um, so there's a lot of work involved. Can you simplify the difference <coughs> in a role between a district council and an at-large seat? Mm-hmm. So a district council member just represents that particular district. There's 35 of them, um, and they represent about 18,000 people. Um, Their job, they want to protect their district, but they're also voting just like an at-large member on city issues. So they're coming at it from a district level, but they're having to make decisions. They're voting on something for all of Nashville. They get a lot more calls. The district council members are kind of the ones that people call for the potholes or my light, you know, the electric light is out and I need to get it replaced or... There's a dog barking that's bothering me, or you know, there's graffiti on the wall, or the sidewalks are broken, or there's no sidewalks, or um, um, you know, there's an issue with a short-term rental property. So district-wide, and these are obviously legitimate constituent concerns. Those go to the district council members that then have to figure out ways to get these things taken care of. There are new computer systems, the Hub Nashville, you can turn that stuff into, but Ultimately, those districts, those people in the district are looking at your at that council member as the person to turn to if they've got an issue. And again, I was a district council member for eight years, so I got those calls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, now, I represented Green Hills, but I had the same issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I had a, an issue with a dog barking. I think I had a wild rabbit one time. <laughs> um, a lady called me because she had uh, poison ivy. And she was allergic to it. Oh, my gosh. And she wanted to know if I could come get it and put it in her trash can. I had a yellow jacket's nest once that I dealt with. Um, did you personally deal with the yellow jacket? Yes, I did. Are you oh, serious? Yes, I did. This is like Ron Swanson level stuff. <laughs> I mean, That's at wild. some point, because sometimes, I mean, particularly people who live by themselves, they may not know what else to do. Right. So they pick up the phone and call their council member. You just deal with it. Um, you know... Uh, probably going to an extreme with the yellow jackets nest 
I, I just happened to stop at a constituent's house and um, it was an older lady and I think she had been stung mm. and she could see the nest and it was like, I don't really, you know, I don't like to hurt anything, but I mean, I worry, I worried about that situation. So, yeah. you know, I got it dealt with. I, I did it. Um, but um, the poison ivy, yeah, it turns out the lady wasn't even in my district. She just called me. And so I went over there and put some gloves on and took care of it for her. Somebody probably told her about the yellow jacket. Maybe first. that's what it was. They knew yeah. that I might do that. But yeah. um, as vice mayor, I've never been asked to deal with yellow jackets or poison ivy at this point. I think that's fair. Um, but um, the at-large run citywide. So they're supposed to be, there's five of them, and they're supposed to be looking at issues from a more citywide basis so that the district council members are obviously, they're going like, okay, how does this issue affect the people in my district? But they also have to look at it from a bigger picture as well because their vote counts from a bigger picture. The at-large are much more free to go, I'm looking at it from a much bigger perspective as a city, county issue. Nashville, Davidson County, I'm looking at it from the whole picture and I'm, I'm, I, have, I need to vote that way. Um, it's a good group of people. Um, all very unique. Um, the, the key is um, that you learn to work with each other over that four-year period. And um, you, you hope that everybody is friends. You know that some of them are not. They get mad at each other over a period of time. But in the end, the goal is the same, and that is the betterment of the city. If, and if you can get people just focused on that, that eventually they put down their hard feelings. Um, and again, uh, I don't think we've had, you know, people may get mad on the floor, but we've never, uh, I think they understand that you keep it on the floor. Mm -hmm. You have your arguments on the floor. When you step outside the chamber, you leave it on the floor. Right. Okay. So um, I will tell you this, uh, this is not a secret, um, and we don't do it enough, but, um, after a council meeting, a lot of the council members will just go get something to eat because yeah. they haven't eaten yet, um, and it might be 9.30 or 10, but they'll usually just go find someplace. And it's not, it's not a secret. It's, you know, you, we just go. Yeah. Um, and it's a good way, first of all, to, to kind of eliminate the stress from the meeting, mm -hmm. but it's also a great bonding thing. Um, you know, you hear in Washington that Democrats and Republicans won't sit down with each other. Mm -hmm. um, we're nonpartisan. We don't have Democrats and Republicans. People may know who we are. Of course. And, and people may know kind of where we lean. But in the end, we're nonpartisan. Right. Um, so by sitting down and having dinner, you just talk about all kinds of stuff. It's, a, it's really important, as crazy as this may seem, it's really important for bonding to feel like, you know, you can count on somebody. Um, and I'm not talking about councilman Curtis. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about being able to, you know, know something about a person, being able to, you know, if there's an issue, feeling free to call, to not necessarily call them on the phone, but, you know, if there's an issue when you're in the chamber to talk to them about mm -hmm. what the concern is mm -hmm. and, and feeling like you can, you can approach somebody that it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, that's important. Absolutely. It's important for particular local body, it's really important, I think, all across the spectrum mm -hmm. to um, develop those relationships. It makes governing a lot easier. I imagine. Mm -hmm. 
side note, someone recently told me that if you sit down at the table with a group of people and you all eat the same thing, this is a neuroscientist who would tell me this, Okay. <laughs> that you have a better chance of agreeing or like building up like a stronger relationship ties than if you don't eat the same thing. <laughs> Just a random. That's wild. Anyway, you Just a something. shared experience, Just, I yeah, guess. Like you have to eat the same thing and you can't eat different things. Well, what that's about, not going to fly. I know. Like, I wouldn't eat kale. I don't like kale. So if we all had to eat kale, then I would be... Then you would be... He wouldn't even be at that table. I wouldn't even be at the table. Yes. Yeah. Does it have to be the whole thing, or does it just have to be like... If we could have, like, french fries on the plate, and everybody ate the french fries. Yeah. And which is probably a better idea than kale. Yeah. Just as, I just, you know, I mean, think of that. I wanted you to be aware of this neuro. I'm going really to, um, if we have this uh, retreat, <laughs> we have to feed the council members. We're going to give, the give them all exactly the same thing that's and right. see if that works. French fries. And French fries. Everybody's yeah. just going to have French fries. I think that's, that's great. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I have a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Well, really, a, where, do you, where do you hope to see Nashville in 10 years? It's mm-hmm. a good question. Um. So I've been here for 41 years. Um, I used to like driving around downtown, you know, and going like, this is amazing. I'm in a big city in America, and there's no traffic. You know, it's like Thursday <laughs> afternoon at 3 o'clock. I'm just driving around. It's like, this is, I just love this. Well, now I can't, can't get from the parking garage across Broadway. Um, we've become a much... A much different city. Uh, I I don't mind um, I don't mind the growth. I wish it was more. Um, I wish it was more smart growth. Mm-hmm. I wish we'd had a a, a plan, a, a good plan in place to deal with this just tremendous growth. Um, I, I think we're losing a part of our natural history. Mm-hmm. You know, too many things are being torn down. Um, it happens way too fast. Sometimes we can't seem to catch up with it. And I know that um, I know that people um, have told me they they stopped going downtown, so they're not going to the symphony anymore. They're not going to plays anymore because they just don't want to deal with the hassle of trying to get down there and park and and get to an event. Well, those things are important to the city. I think. Um, I'd like to see us maybe start refocusing back on what made Nashville such a great place in the first place and trying to make sure that we put protections in to keep that, even though some people may say it's too late. Um, I hope not. I mean, I love going to... Um, I was at um, I was in Old Hickory on uh, Monday at a, um, a, a veterans memorial service. And everybody, it was at the little town center. Everybody was under a tent. It was, uh, there was a band. And you felt like this is the Nashville that I love. You know, where people come from that area and they're a part of something that's important and they all know each other and they're basically nice to each other mm-hmm. and you're doing something that's important. Um, and, you know, I welcome visitors, I welcome new people moving, but. Um, we don't want to lose who we were. Um, we we need to work on that, and I think the I think council members understand that, and I think um, 
I think if we got more information in, understood more, and saw some and got better information up front in terms of maybe some of the things that might be happening, maybe we could take steps to try to protect it. But um, I think about that sometimes, particularly after the old Hickory program. It was like, you know, years ago, this shows my age, there were programs in Nashville like Summer Lights, which was tied to the symphony. It was over at Vanderbilt and there was different places. I love going to those things. They were just, you know, they were like festivals in the city. Now you, now the festivals, you know, are like 600,000 people big. Yeah. Um, that's not really a Nashville festival. That's a, that's a festival being brought in that's in Nashville. Yeah. You know, and I'm okay with some of that. I understand that. Sure. But, um, I, I think we're, um, I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose who we were. I want to make sure we somehow save them. I love that answer. Okay. Anything else? No, I, I didn't tell you when I owned the ice cream stores that I would dress up as the cow. Did you really? Yes, I was Maggie the cow. <laughs> I might have read that somewhere. Yeah. On a regular basis or just for fun? Sometimes. Oh, well, I did it all the time. Okay. I'm, no, I didn't do it all the time. <laughs> I did it uh, for birthday parties and yeah. things like that. Are you uh, still for hire? Uh, yeah. No, I don't. I don't have the costume anymore. Uh, but um, That's a you shame. know what was really pretty telling was that um, I was doing at the same. I was doing that at the same time I was a metro district council member, and I could walk down my neighborhood street, and people would go, "There goes Mr. Moo." They didn't. I was never called. <laughs> council member I was known more as the person that owned the ice cream store I think that's because I hired most of their kids uh-huh. so they knew me yeah. from the ice cream store <laughs> and that actually I think they liked me better as the ice cream store guy than sure. the council member but um, no uh, serving the city is important we understand the um, I mean it's an honor to do it um, we um, are always striving to try to do better and um, we'll keep doing that as long as, as long as I am there, whatever role I'm in, um, it's always to try to make it better. And that means better efficiently, but also better for the citizens of, and the people of Nashville. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, will you introduce yourself before we cut it off? Just oh, yeah. Just tell us who you are and what you do. Oh. Uh, my name is Jim Shulman, and I am the vice mayor of Nashville and Davidson County. Okay, is there anything about Jim Shulman's interview that you would like to rehash? I think the main things that stood out to me from Jim's interview were really just about how thoughtful he is. Yeah. You know when you can just tell yes. somebody is, has a good person. Yeah, that's, that's really what I walked away with. Clearly, vice mayor is a role that is valuable and in a way that a lot of people don't even know exists. But um, it's interesting. It's like uh, clearly like an organizational directive role for the council itself and also has some sway in the mayor's office. So like it's truly a lot more interesting than I think any of us have been paying attention Mm -hmm. to. And therefore, not a lot of people are running for or voting for. But there's a lot of responsibility there. The communication piece really stood out to me. 
the facilitation piece really stood out to me. Like it's, it's a busybody role. And it also relies on like having good relationships with both other council members and staff at the mayor's office. Of course, for sure the mayor himself, but like there's a lot of people he needs to have good regular contact with. Yeah. That if he isn't appreciated or respected or liked, that isn't going to go well. Also really appreciated his um, Metro Council one-on-one. That was maybe my favorite thing. Like, yeah, you got to teach these people how to be, (laughs) how to be elected people. For sure. That part, but also like the fact that he wants to talk about with everybody and get everybody on board. Like, this is your government. Use it. Like, whatever you want to do. Yes, it is a two-way street. You know. How do you work as an elected official to serve your, to serve your people? But like also, how do you get what you need out of your locally elected official? Yeah. You know? Cool. Thanks for listening to our interview with Jim Shulman, currently running for re-election as vice mayor of Nashville. You can find more content from us at www.theirispodcast.com. If you enjoyed this interview, please like and subscribe. And we'll be uploading more shortly. More to come. What do you what? remember the show Doug? Yeah. From Nickelodeon? I don't remember the intro song for Doug though. I was just doing it for you. Okay, so So sorry. I just wanted to say knock knock. Who's there? Jim's sister is Patty Mayonnaise on Doug. What? Yeah, tell me you didn't know that. No. <laughs> She plays Patty. That's like such a good. She does the voice of Patty. Ma- oh, she's Fun also fact. Orange is the New Black. She's the, a character on Orange is the New Black. Which character? The woman, the yoga one. What's her name? Yogi, yoga girl. That's not her name. Oh, that's his sister? Yeah. Constance Shulman there is an American is. actress. She's best known for voicing Patty Mayonnaise on Doug and her current role. As Yoga Jones. Yes. On Orange is the New Black. It's his sister. That's crazy. She came in town and campaigned for him a little bit last year. Oh, I love her. Yeah. That's his sister? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's so cute. Yeah, I love her. So I love You're the right. name Constance. Yeah, it's pretty constant. Mm. God. <laughs> okay. <laughs>